This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast. It's not just any episode of the Roaring Elephant Podcast. This is episode 299 of the Roaring Elephant Podcast. And we all know what the significance of that is. You add one more and we get to 300. (laughs) And we've been doing this for a very long time. And here is my long-suffering, long-standing, and generally quite long co-host, Jon. I'm not long. I'm, I'm the ideal measurement. I measure one meter and 80 centimeters, and that's what the whole industry is based upon. Car seats, uh, chairs, tables, it's all based on the 180. And, and what's that in feet, inches, stone, and freedom eagles? Uh, we use freedom units. I mean, Imperials, sorry. Um, I have no idea how to calculate that stuff, which actually causes it. Our, our largely American audience want to know. Uh, no, no, the Americans also have to go to, to a metric. I mean, metric, it's so much easier, people. Come on. I mean, it, see metric as a in-between step until we get the ultimate goal of going fully binary. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, moving on. <laughs> Uh, our, our glorious episode 299 is a continuation of our conversation around uh, career paths. So we, we talked a little bit about um, how our career paths have evolved. We talked a, bit, a little bit about you know why some people would change and some of the, the challenges around that. But uh, yeah, Jan, take us into the, the next phase of the career path conversation. Well, the next phase, and I'm just looking at our copious show notes, which for once we actually built show notes. This is very good. And the next topic we want to talk about is, well, we talked about why change. Well, why would you not change? What are the reasons not to change from whatever you're doing at the moment? So, I mean, some of the, you know, why not to change is particularly relevant right now. Like, you could be uh, in a position where the entire economy around you is going through a, a loop and uh, the world is looking particularly mm-hmm. interesting or challenging and uh, you know you could decide to stay where you are or to not make a, a significant change just because the world is looking a little bit less stable than you might like and you're potentially introducing more risk into your life than you're comfortable with. Okay. Do you want to answer that for yourself or do you want to have my reaction first? I mean, for myself, it would be a very different answer. (laughs) Uh, For me, it it depends. If you're a starter, if it's your first job and you don't have a resume yet, you don't have a presence yet, you haven't built your brand yet, sure. Uh, moving jobs is a big risk. You don't know what's happening, and you should be careful. But if you're more in the in the middle of your career or towards the end, perhaps, and you kind of know what you're doing, and you know you're good at what you're doing, and you've got some presence out there, you do things like podcast episodes or blogs or whatever. Typically, and again, we're very lucky to be in the IT sphere. That's definitely also something to keep in mind when you talk about this stuff. Um, we're in the band. There's a big shortage, a huge shortage. So if I move and it doesn't work out, it's not going to matter that much because there's plenty of opportunities out there. And when the economy is going through a loop is usually also when most opportunities arise. 
it mm. allows for very fast uh, uh, going up in, into the ladder if you want to. I mean, management positions are open up everywhere if that's what you want to do, and it allows you to try stuff pretty much risk-free just to figure out what it is. Now, this is, of course, dependent also on where you are in the world. Not all countries in the world are equal on that point, and definitely we have a worldwide audience. What I'm saying here might sound to some people like, yeah, you're in Europe, you're, you're, if you get a good life, uh, sure, there's definitely all. It, it depends on what I start with my answer. But I think that not changing for career because of fear, basically, is never a good thing because the moment, and I'm talking from personal experience here, the moment that I look at a new opportunity and I'm seriously looking at it, if I decide not to go there, regardless, I will no longer be happy where I am. Yeah, well, that I think that's a subtly different sort of, uh, a subtly different element. Like I would say like, you and I uh have relatively few dependencies on us um, and ha you know live a I would say relatively comfortable lifestyle um, there are other people that have a lot of yes dependencies but it's largely due to the career choices I made yeah sure. I've always made them the way I'm talking now but other people's personal lives are very different have a lot of dependencies on them um, and you know, career choices aside, you know, life choices mean that uh, they are naturally more risk averse because, you know, something happening like that is a, a far more significant impact. I put two, two kids through school. I mean, I yeah, never but, let that stop me. <laughs> but they, they are through school now. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes, you know, but someone I'm, with. I'm not making these choices the way I am today. I have been making choices like this from this point of view for the last 20, 25 years. Yeah, as I say, I think you're. I think we are both in relatively privileged positions in terms of our quality of life, the career decisions we've made, the successes we've had, and all that sort of thing. I, it's it's very different for some people, is all I'm saying. Yeah, it always depends. Again, but the thing is that if you let yourself be held back, held back by the fear of will I be able to make my house payments next month, which is a good fear to have. You should make sure you can do that, and mm -hmm. that makes sure that when you in, when you look at a new career option. That you do due diligence, you really do research. Is it a good company? Is the culture going to be a good fit? Things like that. We've talked about this before in other episodes as well. When I go to a new company, I insist to just walk around on the floor for a day. Yeah. Just to see how people interact with each other. It gives you so much information. If you do all that stuff, don't let fear stop you because if that fear stops you, your career will never advance. Yeah. And if that's what you want, if that's a safety shield you need, perfect. Great. You be you. Everything is happy. It shouldn't be stopping. Now, you did mention something else, though, which was the once you've started looking mm -hmm. at something else very seriously, this is something that I notice uh, very often. And like as a hiring manager, I'm yes, I've I you know, have hired and will can no doubt continue to hire people across sure. my own kind of expanded network. But I'm also always sourcing people from outside my network as well. I'm working with a recruiting team that's that's further accelerating that. Now, we often talk about in, in the hiring side of things, we, you talk about active candidates and passive candidates. And passive mm -hmm. candidates are candidates that, you know, weren't actively looking for a change in career, weren't actively looking for a change in role or change in job or change in employer, but 
you know, are interested, you know, are open to having a conversation yep. and through those first early conversations, get interested, get excited, you know, progress their way through an interview cycle. Like when you get people to a certain point, they, they essentially, they switch from being passive candidates to being active candidates. And yeah. And, and well, you, you ignite something in people, basically, like you ignite an interest in actually, this is pretty cool. And then there is also a secondary element and it differs from person to person, candidate to candidate as to how much this is an effect, but you will to some level also ignite the, Hey, well, if I'm going to make a change, I should probably also at least consider what else is out there as well. And so when you switch a candidate from being, you know, you progress the candidate through who started off being a passive candidate to becoming an active candidate, many of them will also at least passingly go out and see what else is out there. Now, hopefully you have, you know, had a good hiring, you know, a recruiting experience with that candidate and therefore they're, they're so far down the line by the mm -hmm. time they go active that actually it just makes sense for them to, you know, wrap up the rest of the process and come and join you and the, the world is a wonderful place. But it's it's not completely unheard of to, you know, find someone as a hiring manager, you know, start those conversations, get them really interested. And then, you know, at the, the sort of relatively latter stages, suddenly be in a conversation, well, you know, I wasn't looking... But, you know, you piqued my interest and, you know, I've actually now got a few things in the fire that I just want to see, you know, how these things pan out. Um, so it's not, I wouldn't say it's uh, commonplace that things go all the way down that direction, but it's certainly not totally unheard of. Yeah, it is, of course, of course, I think, important on how you handle that then, because you don't want to give the impression to the recruiter or the hiring manager that you're shopping around and trying to get the best deal. Of course you are. Of course you're trying to get the best deal, but the best deal should not be expressed in uh, euros or dollars. It should be expressed in the in total package of the technology. Is it interesting? Do I want to do this for another five years? Things like that. And, of course, also the uh, pay uh, payment that's involved, of course. Yeah. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I often say to... Not just not just candidates. In fact, not even just employees, but people in general. Is you need to look after yourself because no one else will. Like people will have some of your interests in heart, but never as much as you should have for yourself. Yeah, I mean, a little bit different, but same ish. Is for me. I, I work for a living because I have to, but I work where I work because I like it there. Mm. So yeah, make sure you have a career. And if it coincides with a good company, that's great. But the shopping around for me, it's more, I get interested in the technology. And you're right. At, then at the, kind of the final stages, I'm going to look around who's the, comp who's the competition, who competes yeah. against this company. And that's basically to try and figure out what the other parties are telling or are saying in the, in the world about that company. Yeah. Uh, and that's basically a bit of a due diligence again, because the recruiters, hiring managers sometimes will tell you things a little bit nicer than they actually are. I mean, they are trying to sell you on the job and there is a bit of selling involved there. So make sure that you look around and make sure that what you're being told is actually true. They're saying that they're the biggest in the world. Is that true? I mean, I could say oh, I've got the biggest cloud in the world. Obviously not going to be true. 
<laughs> by looking around in the ecosystem, around the technology I'm interested in at that point, who are the other players and how do they play? It's never happened, but I could imagine that perhaps I would find out, oh, but yeah, this is the company I want to go for, not this one. All right. So I think we've covered why you maybe wouldn't change. Well, we just covered the fear, right? So there are other reasons not to change. I mean, the, the big reason not to change would be not knowing what's out there. And that's something that I actually talk to my people, the people I, I talk to a lot. Personally, whenever I get a LinkedIn message from a recruiter, mm-hmm. not necessarily headhunters, but recruiters from company and headhunters that I know, I will always talk to them. Mm. And that's important because basically I'm interviewing them back because I want to hear what are people looking for? What skills are in demand? What's the current pay scale mean? What should they be offering? And that gives me a good idea of looking at things differently. Because by uh, last episode, we talked about uh, I move jobs by pure interest. I, I find something new, shiny, and I invest in it, and suddenly it becomes a job, things like that. By having discussions with recruiters, and if you're a bit good at this, you typically can escalate that recruiter conversation to a conversation with somebody, somebody more technical. Often I start talking with CTOs, and that gives you also more information about the value around whatever the new thing is. And that mm-hmm. actually has opened my eyes, and I've been able to learn quite a lot, not purely technical, but quite a lot about the whole ecosystem I live in, I work in, I exist in. And that's something that a lot of people, when I talk to them, like, you had a recruiter and you talked to him? Sure, I mean, not because I talked to a recruiter, I'm promising to take a job. They are asking me if I want to talk. Sure. And it's always, yeah. an, and usually it's an interesting discussion. Of course, take a look at what the company is. If it's totally outside your sphere of interest, don't waste a person's time, obviously. But, uh, I mean, the only reason I ended up working at Microsoft, to be honest, is because a recruiter called me and I thought, hey, do you want to talk to Microsoft? Of course I want to talk to Microsoft. I was totally in open source then. I did not, I was the person that wrote Microsoft to the dollar sign, right? I was that <laughs> annoying person, I would say now. <laughs> hey, I was young, shoot me. But I just said, yeah, sure, I want to talk to you guys. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it actually became interesting because the whole thing they were doing was really interesting was able to do open source stuff at Microsoft, who knew? But just be open to that and do that. Do yourself a favor and keep that stream of information, that, that stream of knowledge open to yourself. Don't feel you can't do that. It's not disloyal to your company. Because quite often, I mean, if you work for a company, the recruiter you're gonna get are gonna be from the competition. Yeah. Use it. <laughs> Get valuable yeah. insight in what I they mean, think is the best. It's product. intelligence and exactly. that you're gathering. If they're help, happy to share it with you, then, you know, so be it. So that's another reason that people don't change. And it's another one why you shouldn't change. And basically, I think what I'm saying is there should never be a reason not to change, except change for change's sake. Mm. Yeah, don't think sense. I'm unhappy here. I'm going to take any job now and I'm going to go there. Uh, that's usually, in my opinion, not a good idea. That's, um, no, you will not stay in that new job because you enter for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So if uh, a, a change turns out badly, I think you, you've already kind of touched on this in in a, an earlier section a little bit in terms of, again, we're very lucky to work in the kind of industries that we do. Like there is always a, a skill shortage um, for especially top tier, um, you know, talented folks. It's across the board. 
Well, yeah, but the better you are, the more in demand you are is essentially the, the way these things work. And so should you make a move and it turn out to be, you know, not perhaps uh, what you believed it was going to be, especially right now, I, I think that is, it is relatively low risk to say, hey, this, this, did, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I do think that generally speaking, people should at least give these things a, a fair run. Um, like give give the uh, the company and yourself uh, a decent amount of time to make sure that you you're not just like suffering from the the immediate shock of change and uh, yeah a little bit of buyer's remorse maybe but you know give give it some due care and attention uh, before kind of rushing to judgment because while I say it's relatively low risk the number of times that I've run into people time and time again and again and again throughout my career, like I, I do view it as a relatively small world. Like the, it, it, when I talk about the, the, the pre-sales world in technology, in the technology space generally. So I'm not talking about, you know, my current sphere of focus at all. I'm just talking about pre-sales in the tech industry. I do view it as a relatively small ecosystem. Like the the luminaries keep popping up. The people that I know are absolutely amazing in these roles keep sort of. I keep bumping into them after a few years here or there. Uh, yeah, a little. I always apologise when I I bumped into them, uh, but it's it's very easy to put a sort of a dent or a blemish in in kind of your reputation by just sort of bouncing in somewhere and then bouncing out again. Like people remember those kind of interactions. Now you may have very good reasons for making those changes, but just, you know, it's worth thinking about that before you make any kind of rash decisions. Yeah, it all very much depends on how big the move was, right? I mean, if you win in, in, in a pre-sales job here and you go into a pre-sales job for a competitor, for example, you should pretty much know where you're ending up. I mean, mm. you should know the company already from your own previous job because they were a competitor. You should have the complete information. You should know the company a little bit. So that shouldn't be that big of a risk. And then bouncing out directly again, that's very bad. However, uh, in my mentoring experience, I did have a person that uh, was a consultant and mm -hmm. wanted to try the uh, solution architect pre-sales job. And there's differences there. Sure, both careers, you interact with customers, but as a consultant, you have a, a lot less of that sales motion in there, which as a solution architect, research engineer, you kind of have to have. And that's a different thing to do. Also, as a consultant, typically your work week is pretty predictable. You, you're planned, you're sold. Sorry if this all sounds like slavery now, <laughs> but you're planned in certain customer sites. You kind of know this week, I'm going to be there, there, there. As a solution architect, in my experience, in, embrace the chaos because you can plan as much as you want and you should plan as much as you can but things will always pop up and go around. And basically, I know when I made the change, I made a move from DevOps engineer to pre-sales. I had a hard time. Yeah. It was, a, I had a hard time. I, I suffered, I suffered a lot, trust me. But then going back to what you say, don't make a conclusion after a month or two months, because basically all of IT companies have like a three month ramp where you have a period of just mm. training yourself, getting to the company. So basically always finish the ramp then give yourself at least half a year. Personally, I 
give myself a year always. I stick with the company for a year and then I make my first balance of, okay, this has been a year now. I'm kind of settled. After a year, you kind of know how it works. There's still a lot of new stuff that's going on, but you have an idea of, yeah, this is working. Is there better things out there? Probably, possibly. Yeah. But I'm okay here. Let's go for the long run. And then for me, it's like, I don't know, let's look at another three years and see what happens then. Yeah. Now, this is when it still is going bad because of incorrect expectations, if I can call it that, and just see if you can go with it. But if it goes bad because basically the company lied to you, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like the 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 comment around the ramp, I also think is interesting because I I, I always think, especially in the the kind of solutions engineering, sales engineering, pre-sales world, I I always describe the ramp to people as like the the short ramp and the long ramp. And like the short ramp is <laughs> is like that first, exactly as you said, that first three months, that first ninety days. That's really all about getting you. Uh, to the point where you understand the core products, the values, the you know sales methodology, the the sales process, and you know the core sort of parts of of everything that that is relevant for your role. And most importantly, at the end of that kind of ninety days, you know where to go when you get beyond the run of the mill day to day stuff. You you understand sort of where where you can go and ask questions or you know who you can get help from or those sorts of things. And then the long ramp is, in my opinion, in the SE career, like never ending. Like <laughs> the product the products will always continue to evolve ideally. and continue to change, ideally, yeah. Um, like the space you're in will also continue to evolve. Like we've talked about the, the the space at which the sorry, the speed at which the tech industry is continuing to to change and evolve. And so like the long ramp, and I think this is one of the reasons why generally speaking, SEs, uh, pre-sales folks tend to stay in positions longer than, um, yeah, than, than some other people uh, in roles. Let's just leave it at that. I know who is, you mean. <laughs> I know, you know, um, but we're not saying it, but, but some of that is because like the 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 role, although it's the same sort of role they're doing, it is always continually changing, evolving, and you know, especially if you're in an exciting company that's going through some you know incredible growth, then that is further magnified by the you know you can feel like the job that you were doing a year ago or two years ago may feel very different to the job you're doing today, even though you're technically like doing the same role. So that. That's just the sort of my thoughts on that. Yeah, it's all about job fulfillment, right? I mean, for me, I talked earlier about uh, I, I get into the new technology and that's how I kind of go to a new job. But um, basically, why do I start playing with new stuff? Well, because I'm kind of bored doing what I'm doing. I'm still doing a good job, I guess, and it's working, but it doesn't make me wake up with a smile anymore in the morning and I start doing other stuff. And if I look around me and personally myself, basically, if, when I get bored, I start looking around and that's basically when the company loses me. So as long as the company innovates, and makes, lets me do new stuff, it can be totally different things. I mean, at my first big job, I actually started the, the education department. 
Who knew? <laughs> it was nothing to do with my real job. But it kept me there. In the end, I worked for that company of Silicon Graphics. I stayed there for 13 years. Yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about, um, you know, staying in, in, a, in a niche or continuing to develop on the next episode. And I think that's Dave's subtle hint that that is all the time we have for today. <laughs> it was indeed. <laughs> You can, as always, support this podcast. Please become a Patreon. Contributions do help us a lot. We are on YouTube. We make these nice videos for you to watch. Please go there and like, subscribe, hit notification bells, all the YouTube stuff. Dave likes you so much if you do that. You can also go to www.roaringelephant.org. There's links to the Patreon page, the YouTube page, and information about the podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter using the at roaringelephant tag. Send all your feedback to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Any ideas, any comments, any feedback on what we're talking about here? Please, we are very interested to hear what you have to say or think about this too. With that being said, until next time, my name is always changing, Jon. And my name is Changes Good Dave. <laughs> and we look forward to talking to you next week with a totally different Dave. Indeed. See you then. Goodbye. Okay,